Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Welcome, folks. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate that. Welcome back to the podcast, Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead, where today we have another thrift shop upcycled find. I'm excited to bring this one to you because I'm excited for a number of reasons in this episode, but one of which is that we have a guest on the show this week. It's huge. First guest, big time, big time. So let's talk about this piece. It's an untitled piece. I actually picked it up in July of 21. I picked it up on the 24th, finished it the 25th. This is one of those pieces where I just felt it right from the beginning and it was a a start to finish one sitting type deal and it was great. I, I really had a good time doing it. I had fun. It was, um, it just was one of those things where I knew right away what I wanted to do and how it was going to go. And it just, it doesn't always come out that way. Usually I'll have an idea of some sort. Sometimes it just kind of takes shape of its own and it goes in its own direction. But this one, this one worked out. So I'll describe the original piece and I don't know what it's called. I don't know where it's from or who the artist is. There's a signature at the very bottom. It's hard to read. It's hard to understand. The original piece is a is an oil. This is just a print of it. There appears to be uh, a young woman, perhaps a mother, and a young girl, perhaps her daughter, kind of sitting together, embraced, and the daughter is holding a flower. I can't really tell what exactly is happening. It's very simple. It's a very just kind of calm and serene image. There's not much of a a background whatsoever, just some random colors, not really any scenery. And the little girl just looks like a traditional little girl, white dress, red bow in her hair. The older woman has a dress on that kind of resembles something that I would imagine um, kind of, I I see it and I think like a Spanish lady, Um, you know, the type of Spanish ladies that you say farewell and I do too. 
these fair Spanish ladies. And the dress just says that to me. It's red with some white kind of puffy sleeves. And it's it's nice looking. All right, whatever. So that's kind of the, the deal. It's got a wooden frame. The dimensions are 17 by 21. The frame itself has multiple layers to it. So the outside, the far outside edge of the frame is a, a wooden brown natural color. Then there's another inner layer that's white, but it has some embellishments in it where there's some, some engraving and carving, some pattern work that even though the frame is white, you can still kind of see it very, very subtly subdued. And I'm going to come back to that later on in the episode because I actually was able to, to draw that all out. Then there's another border within that that's brown and then a, another final border in there that is gold. And so I tried to play to that gold tone within the piece and the white border that I had originally mentioned. I actually painted over that in a bronze and copper um, metallic dry brush technique. And then layered on top of that, in no particular order, different elements of reds and blues kind of just uh, scattered about, no rhyme or reason, no particular order, just to add some depth and texture and add an extra layer of, of kind of a, another focal element of the piece that's not exclusively the piece itself. And I think it complements the overall combination very well. I'm really pleased with the way it turned out and I think it, it just ties it all together. And speaking of metallics, I also use the outside edge of the frame because it's it was flush, it was very flat, and it was about an inch to an inch and a half wide. And what I did was I took some faux peel and stick tin tiles from Dollar Tree that are used for just kind of a, a quick and easy DIY backsplash or, or what have you. And I trim those to fit along those edges and it really ties it all together. And it's, it just, it, it makes it work. So the, the use of the browns, the metallics, it was really just kind of a, a nice complementary framework for the inner piece. Now the piece itself, when I said the woman resembled a Spanish lady, I also kind of got feelings of uh, classic Day of the Dead style artwork, just from the, the nature of the dress itself. And the woman, I don't know if I mentioned before, but she has dark black hair, dark eyebrows, dark eyes, red lips. And it just, it kind of, I, I read that into that. And I thought the only thing that's really missing from this in order to be considered a piece of that style is the actual culture and the depiction of the celebration of the dead. And so I didn't go too overboard with traditional elements, but what I did do is make it very similar to the boy piece from a couple episodes back that has what appears to be body paint of a skeleton for both of them. And you can see that it's clearly paint because I've left elements of the skin exposed. For example, the, the edge of the shoulder and back of the neck and ear of the older woman is exposed and unpainted but leading up to that her chest neck and face all have a skeletal design with not only blacks and whites but also shades of blue for some highlighting and some edge work and some detail now her arm is the same way with some skin exposed on either side of that 
And same thing with the little girl. I have painted onto the exposed chest, neck, and head area, as well as her arms and hands to demonstrate that culture. And something that I've used in several pieces that I've used in this one as well, I found a stencil and it has a number of birds in it. And when I saw the stencil, it's, it's really only, it's, it's probably maybe six inches by six inches if that square and it's just very thin it's got a variety of different bird shapes and, and flights and patterns and i saw that and i immediately looked at it and saw the chaos that was this stencil and all i could think of was alfred hitchcock's the birds which is incredible and yet i've used it in several pieces and this one i layered stencil work on kind of both sides of each person in the frame and in the background so that it was clearly filling the space behind them, but not involved in the, the immediate picture of the two, two uh, subjects. And so I, la I, I layered it with reds and blacks. And so I've got a foundation of red birds in the background as well as black on top of that. And that adds a lot of depth and texture and, and different, um, different types of just uh, vision when it comes to being able to see what's happening and, and the fact that there's something going on beyond the scope of just what the subject matter is of the piece. Across the top third of the piece, just above the eye of the adult female, I used the word monsters and I spelled it out from the classic monster magazine called Famous Monsters of Filmland. And it was, it's done in that style. I did it in yellow to help kind of balance the, the blacks, the whites, the reds, and blues, just to have a, another variety of color in there. And on top of that, I kind of smeared it down a little bit so it looks like it's running. It's kind of just eerie and gross. And then I added the word famous with Sharpie at the top and then added some line work embellishments across the top edge of the text. And so that's essentially it in a nut piece that in a nut piece, ha, in a nutshell, nut piece. I'm bringing that back. I'm gonna make that a thing. Nut piece. Did you see him yet? Who? These nut piece, I don't, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep working on it. So uh, yeah, I really like it. Um, it pops, it's colorful, it's, it's not super big, but it's, it's a very prominent image. It's a very good sized piece. And I think it's, it just speaks. You look at it, you know exactly what you're looking at. There's nothing to try to figure out or understand. It's just, it really, to me, I see two people, perhaps family members embracing each other and celebrating their lost loved ones in the celebration of Day of the Dead. Whether or not that was my intent, those were the, the kind of the vibes that I picked up from the very get-go, just looking at the original piece. It's almost like it could have been an original piece. I, whenever I do work like this, I say, I, I see a piece and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do something to that. Usually the, the, the phrase that I use is, oh, I'm about to destroy this thing because I ended up turning in somebody else's artwork into something completely different and, and unique. And so um, in somebody's perspective, maybe I am destroying it. Maybe they like it better the way it was before, but I see it and I see potential. I see 
another opportunity. I see another way to reinterpret this and take it a step further. And so that's what I did. And I like to introduce not only a friend of mine, we go back about what, three or four years, but uh, probably one of the biggest supporters that I've had in this pursuit. So I'm going to introduce her as Bethley M to some of her friends. She's known as BM. Some of her friends know her as uh, B Money, but I'll just turn it over to there. So welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Good to have you. All right. Keep it rolling. So we, um, we started talking about this a little while ago. And when I brought it up, you were super excited and thought that it was cool. And one of the first things you said was like, oh, I'll be a guest on the show. And I'll be like, yeah, of course you'll be a guest on the show. But not only a guest, but you are the guest. You are the very first. Yes. We're six episodes in right now. And here it is, episode seven. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, cool. So the the piece, I when I talked to, to B Money about her coming on the show, I said, I, I want you to pick a piece. I want you to find something that you, that you liked or something that, that I did that you remember and ladies choice, you, you figure it out and we'll talk about it. And so the piece that she picked was one that was untitled. I did it back in 2021 and um, I'll just, I'll let you kind of talk about what your thoughts were about stuff and things and why you chose this piece. All right. Well, I chose this piece because I have not always had a close relationship with my mom. And the minute I saw it, I kind of just resonated with it because it's a, what looks to be a mother-like figure holding her daughter and they're both on the top of it. It says monsters. And I just remember everything that I learned from my mom, every habit, whether it be good or bad, whether it made me into a monster is something that she gave me. And sometimes, I mean, that does sound like it's a bad thing, but it's really not like you can be you know, a good monster, you can be a bad monster. It's kind of just up to you and the way you roll with it. But it's the mother hugging her daughter, titled Monsters. And I I liked it because, like I had said, I'm not very close with my mom, or I wasn't for a long time. And I kind of blamed every bad thing that's ever happened to me on her, not realizing that I myself was a monster as well. So um, it kind of stuck with me. I digged it a lot. I would have it hanging in my house, honestly. Um, but yeah. Oh. Oh. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I didn't necessarily create this piece with the intention of being moving like that or to, to be able to resonate with somebody in the way that it has with you. And I appreciate hearing that perspective because really hearing that from you right now is the first time that I ever have. Um, and so I didn't necessarily create it with that intention, but it just kind of worked out that way, I guess. Good. So. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Yeah. Like I said, that was my first initial uh, thought. Um, it could have a totally different meaning as do when people look at art, I think they tend to resonate with whatever's going on in their current situation. So it could mean something completely different to someone else, but I know that that's how it sat well with me in that aspect of, you know, that mother daughterly figure. Um, but yeah. No, that's, that's perfect. Cause uh, you just nailed it. You couldn't have said it any better. In fact, you understood the assignment, um, as the kids say on the TikTok. So <laughs> as I mentioned before in the pilot episode, art is nothing more than a matter of opinion, right? And whatever somebody looks at and takes away from that 
is their personal story. So whatever it was that was behind this when I made it, and it certainly wasn't anything deep or profound, the fact that it, it resonated in you like that, it, it that means a lot. Right. It's pretty I, huge to well, me. People look at art. I know whenever I pick a piece for my house or somewhere that I'm at, I usually pick it based on looks. And lately, because of you and the, the things that you've made throughout the years, I'm not looking at art as the way it looks on a wall. I'm looking at it at the way it makes me feel. So um, having your stuff like that kind of helps me be more creative in my own way and my way of thinking. So I think that's awesome. It's a good thing this is a podcast because you're about to make me blush. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, I'm serious. You're out of control, but that was that was very nice of you to say. Thank you. Oh, show. A lot of the inspiration that comes behind the stuff that I do, regardless of what it is, is partially from a very therapeutic perspective. And what I mean by that is that it's extremely helpful when it comes to dealing with different issues, whether it's stress, personal stuff, depression, anxiety, mental health in general, just you name it. It's it's a creative release. It's a way to kind of put some thoughts and feelings down in a different form. And that's been a huge part of this entire process for me. Do you feel like that's instrumental in how you view art or do you take anything away from that in a different capacity? I do. Now I'm not one of those people when it comes to creativity, I don't really, you know, I don't make my own art. I don't paint. I don't do anything like that. But I, there is certain things that when I went through my depression or I went through a rough patch or, you know, like I just wasn't feeling myself, I kept myself busy um, either tinkering with something or working on something that, you know, needed to be fixed. And in that, in that kind of aspect, it is an art because you're, you're doing something with your hands and you're, you're using that as a therapeutic experience to just get through a certain, because the one thing you can control is what's in front of you. So if you're tinkering with something or you're painting something, or I don't know, even if someone's working on a car, you know, that's something you have control over. And uh, a lot of things in life you don't have control over. So the fact that you can create something from nothing uh, gives you so much power and it puts you on such a high, like a, a natural high of just being able to control what it is you're doing and then to make something out of it. Um, we kind of lose sight of that all the time because I know myself things that I can't control. I go crazy over. So I know that for you, it was painting. And for me, it was working on something or it was just cleaning, you know, something that I could, I could do with my hands and, and keep myself busy. So, um, yeah, I respect it. Yeah. I, love it. I wish more people had that outlet. I mean, unfortunately they do not, but, um, um, that's why I'm glad that I have you as a friend because you kind of give me that, you know, push to, Hey, you know, start being creative, start using your brain, you know, think outside of the box all the time, you know, but yeah. Well, the thing of it is I, we all have it, but most of us don't take the time to acknowledge it. And so, as I mentioned before, it's just a matter of opinion. So do it. And if it makes you happy and you enjoy it and it's able to, to give you some sort of outlet then have at it. The whole point is not to try to reproduce something in its exact image. That's not how you define it. It's you set the definition. Right. I think Bob Ross said it best. The magic is in his whiskers, by the way. <laughs> uh, he said it best because this is your world. You're the creator. Find freedom on the canvas. His words. Right. Apply that to anything. 
I agree. I agree with that. Um, another thing too, I know a lot of people don't have that outlet. It's just writing something like writing something down mm -hmm. writing something feel because people, you go back and you read something that you created or you read like a, your own storyline and you're like, wow, this is kind of messed up. But in a way it's art to someone else who has no idea, you know, what you're going through or whatever, but they find it so poetic. They find your words that have weight. And sometimes that helps as well. Um, I remember going and seeing all your art and I was like, what is going through this man's brain? Like some of this stuff is crazy looking, but then you start to understand it and you're like, you know, like maybe it has no meaning. Maybe it was just something he just wanted to draw or maybe it was just something cool that he liked. You know, we all have different likes and dislikes and um, I think it's just whatever you make it. I think there's a little bit in all of my work. So this is a piece that, and you've seen several of them, that I acquired at a thrift shop. And I found it somewhere either in Virginia Beach or Norfolk at one of the CHKD thrift shops. And I saw it. And, and usually whenever I see a piece like this that I pick up at a, at a place like that, I'll know what I want to do with it or I'll have an idea immediately. And it may not always come out that way, but it usually gives me a place to start. And when I saw this, I'm like, this is money. This is just like right where it's supposed to be. And I'm not going to have any issue with this. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I did this whole thing in one sitting from start to finish, just because it, it just kind of, it was easy like that. It, it was something that it all kind of came together very organically. Um, you had mentioned how it made you feel. And I like that it evoked an emotion from you. I like that the symbology of, of the mother and the daughter and the, the, the graphics that I use for the, the word monsters uh, appeal to you. Is there anything else in the piece that you thought of besides how it made you feel that was that drew your attention to it? Um, I did. I will say that I did like the fact that you had taken your own spin on it. So you had said you had picked it up from a thrift store. So that's someone that's someone else's art, if you will. And you had taken your own mm -hmm. on it and whether it have any meaning or not, you had taken that and you had made it into something that you felt would possibly resonate with someone else or, or yourself. Um, no, like I said, it was just kind of like super powerful. And as soon as I saw it and I didn't tell you whenever I first saw it, like, wow, like that kind of, that sits with me for a long time, you know, like I kind of hated the situation I was in. And then I realized I was like, I can choose the way that it, that it goes. And that's the same thing with your art as you, don't like your situation, you can fix it with being creative and stuff like that. But I, like I had said, I, I had just resonated with that whole aspect of it. And hearing that now makes me wish you would have said something back then. I, um, I think we were around people and I didn't want to get all deep. <laughs> that's all right. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes that, that depth needs to be just kept on the inside uh, until the right time. But uh it means a lot more to me now. I, I've always liked this piece because I just, I really like how it all came together, but now it means a whole lot more to me knowing what it means to you. Right. So thank you for sharing that with me and with our listeners. Right. And I think if I showed my mother that too, I think she would, she would sit well with it as well. Cause like I said, just fighting our own demons, stuff like that. So I think it would sit with her too. Or, you know, what? a lot of people that I've worked with and have had issues with, uh, their parents, that would probably, I don't know, maybe be the exact same. Uh, if I explained it to someone, they'd probably be like, oh, shoot. Yeah, you're right. I'd, I'd ask you to please watch your language. This is a, this is a family show. <laughs> Damn it. 
<laughs> if you believe that, I'll tell you another story. What? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I appreciate that. No, that's good. So this is the part of the show where we have the awkward silence. Yes. <laughs> you just ruined it. I'm kidding, but seriously. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's the piece. And and thank you for not only coming on to, to do this and support me here, but the, the support that you've been for several years. And um, you've always been a champion and in my corner. And I'm proud of how you've been able to rise above a lot of obstacles and different things that you've dealt with to be the person that you are. You're an example for so many others. And uh, I'm proud to have you as the very first guest on the podcast. All right. Well, I'm going to go cry now. <laughs> so that's just about a wrap on episode seven. As it would turn out, Bethley did not cry after all, but she did haul ass on out of here faster than Walt Flanagan's dog, if you know what I'm saying. So before we wrap it up, I do want to plant a seed and just to think about this and consider why we speak the way that we do. And I'm not talking about how we talk to one another, but just think about some of the terms that we use. For example, paintings, right? We talk all about paintings throughout the show and so forth. You go into a museum and you look at paintings. Why are they paintings? They're done. They should be called painteds. Painteds. Let's, let's see what we can do about that. Lastly, I want to thank Bethley again for coming onto the program. But I also want to thank our international listeners out there in Brussels, Canada, and Singapore. Your support's huge. You kidding me? I don't think I know anybody over there. Anywhere. Not even Brett the Hitman Hart. So, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.